Hello and welcome to my official, unofficial Hairs of the Night podcast with me, Eileen. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about every little detail of Hairs of the Night, like costumes, acting, the storyline and a lot more. So if you like Hairs of the Night too and want to know more about it, you can stay and listen to my podcast. Enjoy! So first of all, I'm going to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Eileen, 16 years old and from Germany, so please don't be that hard with me. My grammar and my pronunciation is not that perfect. But I decided to make this podcast in English so everybody could understand me and everybody could listen to this podcast. So you're probably asking yourself right now, why did she start a podcast? So first of all, I'm obsessed with Hairs of the Night. I made a fan page on Instagram and it was just so amazing to meet these nice fans of the show and the actors who are super lovely and react to your posts. It was just overwhelming. And... I have so much to talk about. I want to share my ideas, my theories and my thoughts about Heroes of the Night. And that's what my podcast is going to be about. I am also super interested in the film industry and the making of movies and shows and like every little detail that leads to a perfect result. So I'm going to talk about this too in this podcast. And, like, everybody wants a season 3, but due to coronavirus, they cannot produce a season 3 right now. And it's also not confirmed if there's gonna be a season 3. So, the fans want more. And me too. So, I decided to produce more and to talk more about Hairs of the Night. So, we can live off the crumbs we have and make more of it. So, I hope I could arouse your interest. And, let's start! So the theme of this podcast is gonna be costumes, because I'm also super interested in fashion and costume design. So I decided to start with this theme, because I also could do some good research about it, like watch the show and just analyze the costumes. That's easy for our first episode. So we're gonna have a look at the costumes itself and um, analyze how do they present the character of the person. And we're also going to talk about the colors and yeah, what do the costumes mean. Are they historically correct? That's also a super interesting fact for me because I'm interested in history and I want to know if this show is really historically correct. What does each clan wear? That's also an interesting fact we're going to talk about later. And also about the costume designer, Monica Petit. So let's start. So we're going to start with some basic facts about the costume designer, Monica Petit. Monica lives in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, where she owns an own atelier. She does costume design since 1992. And she focused on historical and contemporary costumes and accessories. She went to the Montessori Lucium in Amsterdam, where she had her graduation in 1986. And then she went to the Garrett Reedfield Academy. In, this is a university. So now let's dive right into the costumes. So I focused on the main cast, the hairs, and what they were. But I also analyzed the clan's outfits. So the hairs have one outfit for the day, a coat and a nightgown. And they sometimes have some warmer clothing when they were in Norway. So I'm gonna start with clan to clan. 
and let's start with the clan of our main character, Elisa, the Vimalia. Elisa wears a skirt at the beginning, then she switches to pants. She has a blue coat. I think it's inspired of a women's riding jacket in this century. It's a short-fronted tailcoat. That's the official word for this fashion piece. She wears also a light grey blouse with some interesting crinkles. Over that she wears a black top with straps and a dark blue cape with a fur collar when she's in Norway. Her clothes are mainly inspired by men's clothes, like her boots and the pants and the coat. So let's look behind those clothes. As soon as she's on the Elizabetha, her skirt changes into pants, so she gets more freedom as soon as she's on the ship. I immediately thought of Ravenclaw, because she's super smart. Also think that this dark blue stands for a deep soul and that she's like very intelligent. Her outfit in general without the coat reminds me of a schoolgirl, like of a good good schoolgirl who does absolutely no bad things. <laughs> and um, her clothes are practical, that are the most clothes of the hairs because they have to do a lot of fighting and a lot of running, so dresses wouldn't be as practical as pants. She has boots instead of heels, very practical. A blue coat with a lot of freedom for her legs. The front is short and the back is long. She has some shoulder pads, which are very common in this time period. I love that detail. Tamil wears a white shirt, a black or gray vest, a dark blue coat and black gray striped suspenders. He also has a black jacket with gold buttons and a bow tie. Over that he wears a green jacket with gold decorations. His material is probably velvet, so he has very formal clothing. The green probably stands for harmony and the hope because Tamu is a really positive character. Tamu is just a happy person. The dark green and the velvet symbolize that he's very classy and also a little bit rich. Those gold accents also show that he's from a wealthy family. Now we go on with Hendrik. He wears a white or grey striped shirt. He has a brown leather vest and he wears a tie at the beginning and some brown pants, a brown coat with a fur collar. Hendrik has simple but formal clothing. His shirts are often dirty and the leather is not as classy as the velvet of Tamu's jacket. The brown symbolizes the Hirichi, that he's a shadow and he's very down to earth. He does not wear anything colorful or anything black, he's in the middle. He wears a tie, but the tie is gone as soon as he's on the ship as well, so he's not as prissy as before. That's also a thing I noticed. So the last one is Damielina. She wears a dark blue dress with shoulder pads and some gold ornated sleeves, and there are also lace at the sleeves. Under that she has a black shirt with some fancy glitter. <laughs> um, I love that detail, it's so cool. And she has some black gloves and a black cape with some flouncy shoulder pads. And, of course, she wears the Vimalia brooch. Damelina is very formal, very classy. The black makes her very serious, classy and elegant. She has the most decorated and fancy clothing of the whole clan, because she's the clan head. The lace and the shoulder pads are very typical for this time period. So Damelina is just a queen, I love her. Let's take a look at the Vimalia clothing in general. There is a lot of black because they're a super classy clan. They have a lot formal clothing and the hierarchy is presented very clear. 
Domelina has the most decorated clothing and yeah, love it. Only pops of color at Elisa's and Tamu's clothing because both of them are kids. They are not as grown up as Hendrik and Domelina, so they still have these pop of colors to symbolize that they are also a bit childish. So let's go on with the Dracus clan. We're gonna start with our favorite white boy, Lars. Lars wears brown pants, a black shirt, over that another black leather shirt. It kind of reminds me of a chainmail. And over that he wears a black jacket. And over that he wears a brown coat with a fur trimming. And he has almost knee-high boots. The black and the brown represent his seriousness and the leather shows that he's super tough. The coat with some fur elements show that he's not as mighty as his father. Because his father has a full fur coat gonna talk about that later and his clothes are super thick so it shows that his clothes are originally made for much colder weather it's a very rough material not as fine and as classy as the Vermalia clan he has some rough ornaments let's go on with Inger Inger has a long gray skirt a white turtleneck and over that she wears a brown leather vest which is tucked at the waist and has a black color over that she wears a violet coat with three buckles. She has some grey arm cuffs and a fur piece on her shoulders. The grey and brown and the black are simply the clan colours and the purple shows that she's confident, dignified and not as mean as others. She's like the loveliest part of the clan. She's the nicest person of the clan, so some purple for her good personality. <laughs> The Drakkes wear outdated clothes in general because they live in a little village in Norway so they don't know much about the fashion at the moment. <laughs> Her clothes are practical and they are made for keeping you warm and I get some Viking wipes from them. Fanny wears basically the same as Inger except that she wears a dark grey coat with three buckles, not a violet coat. This shows that she's more serious and more like a clan, she's not as nice as Inger. Love that little detail. Karen wears a cream blouse and a brown top with a fur border. She has a khaki slash brown top, could not identify the color, and a violet skirt. She has a brown belt, brown shoes, and a light coat with fur accents. She has a super ugly color combination for me, which just shows that the druggists don't have any fashion sense. <laughs> violet, brown, and khaki do not fit well together. But the piece of violet also shows that she's nice and not like a clan. She has a soft soul, just like Inger. So if somebody in the Dracus clan wears something violet, you know they are nice. <laughs> she does not wear much fur because she's a shadow. So Baron Magnus wears a light fur coat. It's full fur, super mighty. He has a brown slash black leather vest and a white shirt underneath. He wears some tight dark leather things at the arms, I don't know what that is. Also he wears a brown blouse with some puffy sleeves and light dots. He wears a lot of fur, which shows that he's super mighty. Some puffy sleeves, lots of layers and a coat. So he looks super huge and massive, like super strong, super tough. I would not like to meet him in the dark. I would immediately run away, cause he just he just looks so so strong and uh, terrifying a bit. So Ragnar, his brother, has a darker fur coat than Baron Magnus, which shows that Baron Magnus is the good one and Ragnar is the bad brother. 
He wears a black leather shirt, similar to Lars, and he has some dark pants and dark shoes. We cannot see that much from his outfit. He has some dark colors, which show that he's evil. So, the Noah Edie, we do not see that much clothes. We just see a fur coat with a big hood. <laughs> much fur shows that the Noah Edie is also super mighty. The mother of Fanny and Inger. I don't know her name. If you know her name, write me, please. <laughs> I w would love to know her name, but... She has the same coat as her daughters, and she has a fur cape. Not a coat, a fur cape. And so, wolf thingy, uh, we do not see much of her outfit as well. Women in the Dracus clan have a little bit more elegant clothes than the male ones. They have a fur cape, not a coat, and yeah... That simply shows that they are not as mighty as the other members. I would also suppose that women are not as respected as men. So one thing that is also super present in the Dracus clan is the hierarchy. It is presented through how much fur is on their clothes. We have Baron Magnus who wears a full fur coat, Ragnar as well, and Lars who has some pieces of fur. Karen only has little pieces and um, the twins have only a little patch around their shoulders, so they're not very mighty. Fun fact. <laughs> um, the colors of the clan are brown, blacks and grays. They show that they are very serious, strong, mighty and probably also down to earth. They have some old-fashioned clothing. It reminds me of the Vikings time period. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't have access to the newest fashion. They also wear a lot of layers because there's super cold weather in Norway, so it just makes sense to me that they have a lot of layers and some super thick clothing. So now we're gonna talk about the Nosferas. Let's start with Luciano. He wears a black suit, a black vest, and a white and grey striped shirt. He also wears a black bow tie and a grey coat with a black collar. His clothing is just super formal, like, it looks so cute, this little guy in a suit and... Love it. Conte Claudio wears a black suit with a brown cloth and of course he wears his rubies. He has black clothes with a pop of color that shows that he's not as serious as the Dracus, for instance. The Contessa wears a black dress with a dark blue coat with feathers at the color. She also wears a net headpiece sometimes. The net veil covers half of her face. The black and dark blue shows that she is a classy, elegant and wise woman. The net piece just shows that she's fashionable. <laughs> Love it. And Signor Umberto. He wears a dark grey suit, a blue shirt underneath, a black bow tie and a white collar. The dark colors show that he's super serious. It's a dark grey instead of black. So he's not as important and not as mighty as, for instance, Conte Claudio and the Contessa. Raffaella. She wears a cream linen blouse, a light brown vest and a skirt. She has super simple clothing and also light colors, so she's also not as mighty as others and she's also not as strict as others. So the Nosferas have very formal clothing in general. Italy was also very fashionable for this century. They have certain centerpieces which make their outfits individual and special and fashionable. They were black with sometimes a pop of color so it represents they are very serious but also fun. So let's go on with the Lucana. Ivy wears a brown blouse with a bow at the front and a white shirt with lacing. 
She wears a pair of suspenders in green and she wears warm brown pants with a red undertone. She also wears brown boots and a brown coat, which shows that Ivy has simple clothing, but it's still cute and a lot more girly than Elisa. She also wears warm earth tones, so she's a warm-hearted person and has a bond to the nature. The Lakana clan in general wears not that much black than the other clans do. She's also practical, she wears some pants and boots, more freedom for her. Seymour wears a white shirt, a black vest and a brown coat with fur color. He has super simple clothing, he's super down to earth and very young, but he's still formal and still has classy clothing. The Lucana have simple clothing in general, which shows that they are very down to earth and they wear earth tones instead of much black, so it shows they're born to nature and that they're also a little bit more childish and not as serious. The Virat. Malcolm wears a grey suit, a light grey shirt and a tie, which is green, blue and white striped. He also wears a black coat and some black leather shoes. He's super formal. He always wears his complete suit, not only a shirt and a vest as others do. This grey color shows that he's not as strict and as serious as his dad. Sir Milton has a dark checkered suit with a tie. Um, he has a white collar, a dark coat and a pocket watch and a bowler hat. So Sir Milton is super fashionable. He wears the modern male clothing for this time. He's just dressed like an English gentleman. And he wears darker colors than his son. So he's serious and strict and also the clan head. So the Virat dress, super formal in general, always suits. They present their good manners in their clothes. And they have some super modern clothes, which I love. I love the bowler hat and the pocket watch. It's just perfect for the time period. So let's talk about the Puras. I heard that they are not fashionable in the books, but in the series they definitely are. Joanne wears a light lilac dress with some ruffles at the elbows and at the bottom. She wears a light grey shirt under that with a golden edge and some brown boots. Paris was always the city of fashion. It had the most modern and fashionable clothing. My like dress also matches her eye color. The dress is super classy and beautiful and she just looks so sweet with her little dress. It's just amazing. Madame Audrey, she wears a dark violet coat with feathers at the collar. She wears a black hat and she has another huge black feather hat. So she has two hats. I love it. And I can't identify the other items she wears. Madame Audrey is super stylish, super modern, she has a lot of hats and um, the dark violet shows that she's more serious than Jeanne. The Puras in general were the current fashion of Paris. They are super stylish, super ladylike, the purple violet shows that they're very elegant and luxurious. I love the clothing of the Puris because it's just so... <sighs> I love the clothing of older centuries like 18th century, 19th century clothing, I love it. And um, the others were not as modern clothing like um, Alice and Ivy were both pants and I love that. At least Joanne wears a dress. Love it. So the clans in general represent their hierarchy through colors. Mostly they are um, like less intense at the not mightier um, clan members. So now I would like to talk about the pajamas of the hairs. Because we get to see them sometimes, 
not as much as the everyday clothing. Almost everybody wears the shirt that they wear under everything of the day outfit. Like, we would not notice it. <laughs> that they wear simply the same shirt as they were on the day. But it does not matter. I love that they have nighttime clothing. Lars wears a white long shirt and white pants. He almost looks like a ghost. And sometimes he wears over that a black jacket or something like that. Elisa has a white nightgown and a, I think it's brown bathrobe. Joanne has also a bathrobe and she does not wear the top of her dress, just the thing she wears under it. Inger and Fanny just don't wear the leather vests. <laughs> and Ivy has a dark bathrobe, I think. Malcolm has no jacket and no vest, he just wears his white shirt. And Luciano has a super sweet striped pajama. I love Luciano, especially when he wears his pajama, it's just so cute. So what I can say about the pajamas is that uh, no one has a real pajama that suits their character except Luciano. Luciano lives there, he lives in Italy, so of course he has some real clothes because he's prepared. He was there all of the time so he could pack some clothes to wear there. The others had to go like immediately and had no time packing some real pajamas. I love that they are so historically correct because males wore long night clothes. Sometimes even had a night dress, like a nightgown. So I love it that they made it historically correct. So now I'm gonna talk about the non-important part. <laughs> the humans. Not about the red masks because they don't have names, only Calvina. So I'm gonna talk about Nico and Calvina. Calvina wore some dog pants, a leather shirt and several belts for weapons. And she also has her red mask scarf. I absolutely adore her outfit. It just, it looks so cool. Like all the leather, all those belts for her weapons. She just looks like a power woman. I, I love her. Nico, I hate Nico. He wears a black and white striped shirt, a brown beige suspenders and a brown coat and a brown vest. Sometimes he doesn't wear several pieces of that, but that doesn't matter. I think the clothes of Nico and Calvina show how different they are. Calvina has these dark leather clothes, which shows that she's super rough and super strong and she gets what she wants. She's a super strong character. And Niku wears these light clothes, like a super soft person. Also, I think linen, like, it's just soft material. It just shows these differences between Niku and Calvina. So let's talk about the shadows. The shadows are treated different from each clan, but their clothes always represent that they are a shadow. They wear a lot of linen, which was material of farmers. They have simple outfits, so um, they always look like they're less worth. Also, their clothes look dirty a lot of times. It's just that you know that they are a shadow because their clothes tell us that they are. But how the clans treat them is another story. So now that we are finally done with analyzing each outfit, we can talk about are they historical correct? So I already mentioned that some things are super common in this time period, but let's talk about what the current fashion was. So in the 19th century, in the 1880s, women wore tightly fitting bodices. They had narrow sleeves, uh, which were trimmed at the wrists with frists or lace. They had high necklines, their hair was worn very tight and they had small hats to fit. Their fashion was mixed with male fashion. 
They sometimes wore pants under the skirts and they had some waistcoats. Women's jackets were sometimes inspired by military uniforms and they had a kind of braid technique for decoration and they sometimes had a bow in the front. And from this information I can tell that some of the costumes are historical correct. We often see the lace at the wrists and at the neck, which is very common for this time period. We see the shoulder pads and the bow in front of Ivy's outfit. The jackets who are inspired of military uniforms we see at Elise's coat. The braid technique is also shown at Elise's coat and they also all wear high necklines. So it fits perfectly. I love it when it's historically correct. I also found an image which shows a jacket which is from 1885 from England. It looks super similar to what Elise's jacket looks like. Maybe I'll upload this image on Instagram on my fan page so you can see what I mean. Men in the 1880s wore lounge suits. They were very popular. The suits were quite slim. The jackets were worn open so they could show the high buttoning waistcoat. They had a watch chain and the collars were stiff and high and sometimes the tips turned over into wings. So I found an image that shows what the suits looked like in 1885 in London and I can tell that the suits of the Wyvert are not historical correct. They are very modern but that's not that bad for me. It's okay I guess. But the watch chain, Sir Milton Wars, love it, historical correct. The colors, I love it. They are perfect. They match the time period so well. The jackets are also worn open. Sometimes they don't even wear jackets. They just wear the vests over the shirt. So now we're coming to my conclusion about the costumes. I think that it was super interesting to look at them in detail because they show so much about the characters and I just think they represent the characters so well and I love the fact that they are historical correct. The kids sometimes have a pop of color which I think is so beautiful because it shows that there are still kids. The colors are mostly black, brown and dark blue which is difficult for me to know which color it actually is because it could be black, it could be dark brown or dark blue. I just don't know. But I love it because it just shows that the clans are very serious and strict. All characters have their amazing own style. It represents their personality so well. They also have an interesting solution for the women's clothing because they couldn't put a dress on Elisa or Ivy because they have to move so much and they have to climb, they have to run and you just don't see it. You, you trip over it if you would run with a dress on. So I love the solution they had. They better movement, they have no dresses, but they are still feminine. It's so amazing. The coat of Elisa is still so beautiful. I'm also super okay with them wearing pants because it's just the perfect solution for them. And I love that the clans all have their own style, even if they're not very different, but always have their own style. I, I just love it. So that was my first podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it and just let me know if you liked it and what theme do you want to see next? What are you interested in? And thank you for listening. I hope I hear you again in the next episode. Bye!